0: Welcome to our COP28 session, where we'll be talking around the highlights of what to expect in this 28th meeting of the Conference of Parties. My name is Vijay Baines. I'm the Group Chief Sustainability Officer, and I'm a great pleasure to be joined with Maurice, our Chief Investment Officer.
1: Absolutely, Vijay, and it is my privilege to be with you and to learn with you on this fascinating topic. And let me start with a very naive question. What is COP28? So COP28 is the
0: conference of the parties, and this really brings together new negotiators, nation-states, supranational bodies, but now the private sector is incredibly important. And we've seen, actually, we're all focused on just transition, of leaving no one behind, of actually moving towards those net-zero goals for 2050. The science is really well understood now, you know, anthropogenic, human climate change, it's real. And actually now what we're trying to see is progress against those net zero goals, countries and bodies as well taking it incredibly seriously. This year brings together between 25,000 to 50,000 global participants. And this is the most inclusive COP, so now this has a huge amount of private sector input as well. Wow. And what can we expect from this COP? So two major outcomes from this COP28. One, a review of what's called a global stock take of the Paris Agreement. And I think about the Paris Agreement as a school teacher checking homework as well for each country's net zero goals. The results are already out. Huge progress has been made. So an A star for progress. About a C in terms of actually all the countries meeting their net zero ambitions as well. And each country's had to submit papers to be reviewed by the United Nations on actual net zero ambitions and goals as well. And actually, more progress needs to be made. The world is still warming. That one and a half degrees heating scenario that the Paris Agreement really focused on, it's really being reviewed very closely as well because we've seen the hottest summer on record. We've seen the hottest year on record. We've seen a lot of environmental challenges around the world as well. Climate change is really well understood. The second area as well is finance. Financing the transition as well. I think in previous comps, we have had a lot of finger-pointing. Um, saying X body should do Y or Y body should do X as well. I think there's now more of a focus on working together for net zero as well. And also sustainable finance as well has got a real seat at the table as well. And here at Emirates MBD, we're proud to be the leading banking partner for COP28. And actual finance is the engine that's going to move us to net zero. Those financing opportunities for energy transition, as well as for manufacturing, for aviation as well, there's a huge amount of focus there as well.
1: Wow. That's really a global picture. Thank you very much. And uh, and going into a bit of focus, what does it mean for the UAE, for our country?
0: A huge amount um, has happened in the UAE since COP28 presidency has been announced. One. really looked at the net zero goals for the countries so the ue has submitted its work of how could it meet that 2050 goal very early so it's looked at transport infrastructure logistics in particular and will now focus on green buildings and financial services as well and what that means is it's really looked at the science of the warming scenarios to one and a half degrees two degrees four degrees and trying to mitigate that and moving entire industries to net zero and setting out a roadmap The second for the UEE is really setting a benchmark. The UE is the first country in the GCC to set a net zero goal as well. So interim goals are also being set in the UEE for 2030, 2040, 2035 as well, for emissions reductions. Also, the UE set up a carbon trading market as well. So as countries and companies set net zero goals, there are hard to abate factors like aviation. I like shipping in certain sectors as well. So the carbon credit market, the environmental credit market is really, really crucial. We at Emirates MBD are really proud to be the first UE-based bank to trade in carbon as well and launch a carbon trading desk. So we're going to see more focus of that, and that registry is being launched. And a final area is a real focus on climate risk and adaptation as well. So how does the UAE adapt to a warming climate? And we're really fortunate that that resilience is already built into the economy, but we're gonna see that being focused on more and more in the UAE. Now, my question for you, Maurice, is what does this mean for ultra high net
1: worth um, investors? Oh, yes, that's a good question. And, uh, and a lot of things, actually. And as you just described, this global um, phenomenon with intrications everywhere, uh, it, of course, starts with macro consequences because it's big. And uh, if we refer to this 1.5 degrees uh, scenario from the Paris Agreement, it is estimated that we need at least $2 trillion per year of investment to fund it. And we are just talking about mitigation and not even adaptation. So uh, this has consequences because it requires capital. $2 trillion is not something you can find easily, but uh, then to build the infrastructure, the electrification and, um, uh, and everything that is needed, you also need materials and you need energy to, um, to, to make it uh, actually happen. So the, the first macro consequence, it's not the good news, it's that it's a bit inflationary because neither capital or commodities or energies are cheap nowadays. Now, the good news for investors is that it's uh, probably the largest single investment opportunity of the, of the current decade uh, for several reasons. First... Capital is needed. When capital is needed, uh, it's better to be on the to be a lender than a borrower because when capital is needed, with such um, an amount, you can find a fair compensation for what you bring to the table. And it's not about um, just public investment because uh, we all know the situation in terms of public debt of uh, Western governments and whatever. We need private capital. So private capital will be incentivized, uh, will be fairly compensated, and it's a good time to uh, to invest in green bonds and to be uh, and to fund this project. You're part of the solution, and you we, you receive a fair compensation. Second area is uh, this uh, energy and commodity complex because, um you need renewable energy, of course, but clean energy, nuclear, and you need energy anyway uh, to make this happen, as well as commodities, some base metals, like uh, you need copper, you need lithium, you know, you, you, you name it to, to make this happen. And um, here, it's not about uh, just blindly investing in, 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 uh, in anything commodity related, it's about picking the best players, people who um, extract these resources responsibly without harming the environment, the society and everything. And uh, our, in our part of the world, for example, the carbon intensity of extracting one barrel of oil is the lowest in the world. And the third consequence is, of course, uh, we humanity solves these solves issues with cooperation, which will happen at the COP28, and innovation. Innovation is all about companies, and uh, with this climate emergency, it gives more value to the solution. So it's an incentive for innovation and for investors. It's a field of uh, future return. So it's uh, exciting. You can be part of the solution by funding um, the, the, the needs of this uh, transition, but also get some about.
0: Maurice, thanks for those fascinating insights. And for our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And please connect for more cop 20 insights from us.